and that lets you save the look here. True form life. Green look on Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. Super excited to be back here with you on another show, whether you're listening on terrestrial radio across the country or as a podcast around the world. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. Now, today I'm bringing on another guest. This is Heather Gotchoy, and I'm super excited again to have her on the show. She has an incredible story, and I wanted to read this forward to you from her book. Her book is called The Pilgrim Stone, One Woman's Unpredictable and Authentic Story. Now, I usually don't read these forwards, but I thought this would give a nice overview of what we have coming up on the show. A cancer patient gets inspired by a pilgrim's honesty and authenticity. She vows to get well enough to walk 780 kilometers on the Camino de Santiago in gratuity to God for letting her live. A review of the past needs reconciling in order for her to move forward with better alignment to body, mind, and soul. A deep desire to be a pilgrim in the lifeline that pulls her out of darkness. Once again, this is an incredible story. Heather is awesome. <laughs> I love this conversation. I love this interview. I think we've all been in dark places in our lives, and it's challenging to get out. And Heather talks about how she finds her real self, her authentic self, and how she able to, was able to piece her life back together from homelessness, from a divorce, from going through the lowest time in her life to thriving now. So super excited to share this story with you. Sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up. This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, we have a brand new guest coming on. Thank you so much for being here. I'd like to introduce Heather with us. You heard all about her in the introduction. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you, Drew. I'm glad to be here. Looking forward to talking to you today. Yeah, it's our pleasure. I'm super excited. You have an amazing story. You have a beautiful book that I'm looking at right here. It's called The Pilgrim Stone, One Woman's Unpredictable and Authentic Journey. And I love your book. And my gosh, I don't even know where to start. Why don't you begin with maybe talking about yourself a little bit and sharing with their audience who you are and how you got to where you are now? Okay, Drew, no problem. Um, I'm a a nurse by trade. I work in the ICU in uh, Northern Ontario. Um, uh, I've been an athlete in the past, a runner. I have been, I'm an ex-wife. I'm an ex-cancer patient. I'm obviously a daughter and a sister as well. And I wear a lot of different hats. Those are some of the pieces of Heather, but I'm also a pilgrim. And that's maybe the one trait that I'm the most proud of. So when you say you're a pilgrim, what does that mean? Well, I think it can mean a lot of different things. But I mean, the the standard meaning would be somebody who goes on a meaningful journey, a long distance, a place of special significance or sacred place um, to show devotion. It's... Uh, usually done on foot in a foreign place. Um, and though, um, yeah, this is one of, one of my hats that 
that I've worn and to be a pilgrim, it, it means like having a commitment or some kind of purpose for doing it. It's some, um, uh, an act of devotion to let go of suffering on a lot of levels and to simply walk off what uh, we have been carrying for a, a long time in our lives. So. And what was it like? So before, let's say, let's take a, a step back before you came to the Pilgrim Stone and be, before you authored this book, what was it like your journey towards being an athlete, being a nurse? How did you get to this place now? Uh, you, you know, I, I came to it on my knees. I think it was something that I had to bend towards my soul and get back to an authentic place uh, to begin a journey of self-love, if you will, and, and do that through gratitude. Uh, having There was a period of my time that was a disaster, uh, that I've filed away, but it was a time where I was going through the middle of a divorce. I was homeless, um, moving back to uh, Canada after living 10 years in the States, having lost everything, including my health, my hair, my, you know, body changes, uh, going through chemotherapy. And it was just this really dark time where it wasn't working and I didn't have a whole lot going for myself. I felt completely broken and, but there is a beauty in being that rendered down because you you look at all of your broken pieces and you think, what a mess. But then if you bend to your soul and get back to an authentic place of self and figure out, well, what is it that I really want? Because what I was doing actually wasn't working. And I need to do this in a way that's more gentle and loving uh, because doing everything for everyone else all the time has depleted me to the point of illness. And I'm not that happy. I'm not enjoying my life. So I was able to look at all of those pieces very closely, walking 800 kilometers on a journey to self, really, and look at a blank slate. uh, Okay, so I'm here now. I'm at my rock bottom. What pieces do I want to add back into my life? What people, what things, what, what really matters? And so I created a life that was more nourishing, for myself. And in doing so, um, I was able to heal and reconcile my past, but also to appreciate the now and make some healthier goals for my future and just do my life in a better way that was more in alignment to what my soul's needs were. And and that meant an act of clarity, um, you know, through meditation and whatnot. But I had to kind of take a PhD in me, if you will, and, and really look at the signs that were leading me towards a better life. So what was it and like I wrote to, it down. when you say rock bottom, when you had, you were going through a divorce and you were going through, you know, personal illness, what was that experience like? Could you share that with our audience? It was a, it was a really dark time. Um, I mean, obviously there was, it was a fear base to it. Like I had spent my 20s, you know, building a career, climbing the ladder, getting um, my master's. And I just felt really in control of my life, but really I actually wasn't in control of my life. So when it all fell apart, um, it was terrifying because I, it was almost an identity crisis of, okay, well, I guess I'm not all of those things because they've been taken away from me. And so I only had myself like inwardly to look at and be okay with that because I couldn't look in the mirror and say, well, you're still young and, you know, you have your youth and, um, you know, a long life ahead of you. I didn't know that nothing was certain at all in, in that 
time period. I was just kind of going moment to moment, never mind day by day. But I still had a wellspring of joy in myself. Like I always kind of knew that I would get to the other side. It was just weathering the storm. So it's like hanging on to the sides of the boat while you're (laughs) in a tsunami. You know, it's like, just stay in the boat. You got this. (laughs) But it was very difficult um, to keep a positive attitude. But I spent that time very constructively uh, and tried to laugh my way through it, watched a lot of funny movies, read a lot of funny books, and spent time simplifying my life even more and figuring out, okay, well, you don't want to rebuild the same life that you had before. That was awful. So, um, you know, I found a way to appreciate the simple joys of life through gratitude of what I did have left. And that's, those were my building blocks. I think many times we come to areas in our life where gratitude really stands out or we need to understand that sometimes living a life of gratitude really makes all the difference. What were the things that you were able to find or appreciate which ultimately changed your life or got you going in the right direction? Um, I think I was so daft um, that I didn't know how to be grateful. And I actually, because I'm student-based, I had to actually write it down. I kept a gratitude log for many years and made myself write 10 things I was grateful for every day. And I did it before bed. So I planted seeds of gratitude in my mind before I go to sleep every night. And then throughout the day, I knew I had that, let's say, homework to do. And so even if it was just a a small thing, um, you know, I always say, oh, I remember the day that I could only think of two things, and it was meatballs and flip-flops. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> I couldn't even come up with 10 things, and, uh, but it got easier, and with time, uh, it shifted my perspective on everything in my life, and it brought me to a healthier place. Now I don't need the book. I don't need to actually write things down because I see gratitude everywhere all the time. So that's something that, that's interesting because I think that we go through times in our lives, like you mentioned, that it's, it's challenging to find things that you're grateful for, but I think you can kind of make things, <laughs> things that you're grateful for. And then the changing your mindset. So I had this conversation not too long ago of going to bed or waking up and saying, this is the conversation was around three things, find three things that you're grateful for. So I started to do this every morning things that I'm grateful for. And then when, and then I don't know how long it was, maybe a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months. And then I would naturally wake up and start to think of things I'm grateful for without even any putting any effort in. That's just where my mind went. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's what you, you draw to you, what you're focusing on. And so if you, I mean, there's endless lists of things that you wish were different, but if you, if you, it's a choice, right? You, you choose to look at the brighter side of things and if you keep your chin tilted towards the sun, then you're going to see sun and not so much, not as many shadows. And it's just a choice that we make. And gratitude is, is a muscle that you have to exercise. I don't think it comes naturally. Um, I mean, some people, that, that would be phenomenal if it was natural. But I had to work at it. And, and I gave myself also the goal of never repeating something that you had written in the book before. So it always had to be a new thing you were grateful for. So it made a challenge because the first three weeks you just go family, dog, house, work, and then you, you carry, you carry feet, right? So yeah. then it gets really juicy when you go, wow, you know, just that was a kind word that person did or that, you know, they helped me when I didn't even ask for help or, you know, all green lights that worked or to work today or like little things uh, or little tiny uh, lotteries or miracles. Uh, and they're around us every day, but you have to pay attention. 
Tell me about your actual physical journey of your 780 kilometer walk. <laughs> well, uh, the trail is, is broken up into three sections. The first one is body, then it's mind and soul, uh, for each third of the trail. So the first third is the Pyrenees mountains that you're climbing up and over and you're just getting used to your pack and maybe you've had new boots or they're not fitting right or everything is heavy. You've got brand new everything. You're, Toothpaste is full, your shampoo bottles full, everything's as full as it can be and heavy as it can be. And it's not unlike the journey in life where you're just carrying all of these burdens and you learn how to shed them over time. So the first uh, third of the journey was a lot of blisters. It was a lot of whose idea was this? <laughs> and it was, you know, I went alone. So it was like I had nobody to blame for myself for picking this kind of holiday, I guess you could say, but it, it was anything but that. It was uh, the most loving experience I'd ever given to myself, but it didn't come without some uh, bruises and scrapes, that's for sure. But I loved it. I loved every step, to be honest, even though there's a lot of caterwauling in the book. Um, I've never got a better bang for my buck in walking a long distance for all of the lessons that I garnered uh, along the way. So tell, give us some details here for our listeners, because many of them they may, may excuse me, they may not have had the book or got a chance to read it or look through it like I have. Sure. Maybe you could take a step back and tell them, tell us where you walked, why you decided to take this route. <clears throat> sure. So I I traveled along an 800 kilometer pilgrimage or 780 kilometers. There's some discrepancy there uh, along the Compostela de Santiago, which starts in France, St. Jean-Pied-de-Port and crosses over the Pyrenees mountains through the length of Spain to Santiago. Uh, and then I did another hundred kilometers up to Finisterre, which is the end of the world um, in what they call. So the burning place of, you know, letting go of everything um, that you had been carrying uh, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually along the way that you want to let go of so that you allow some kind of spiritual entropy to enter for new things to come into your life that are, are better suited for you. Um, so I'm not sure if that answers your question. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that, <that's laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, okay, so why did you decide, how did you come up with the idea that this is what I need to do in my life right now? Um, well, it was at the very end of cancer treatment for me. So I'd already gone through chemotherapy and radiation therapy and, and I had five years of tamoxifen therapy on that. So I had um, a month left of tamoxifen therapy uh, or five weeks or something. And I wanted to take my last pill somewhere other than Canada. Like I, And I had met a woman um, years prior that really changed everything for me and she's a fellow pilgrim and friend and mentor now and her name is Sue Kenny and she did a documentary called Las Peregrinas The Women Who Walk and it was film it was at Film Fest um, many years ago and I ended up with free tickets to go and see this film and it changed my life. Um, it was a very honest depiction of women walking the Compostela de Santiago. There was nothing Hollywood about it. You could see the fatigue and the worn faces of the women that were struggling and battling their own demons. And this was all caught on film. It was extremely vulnerable. And I was sitting in the chair, um, you know, bald, swollen, yellow, dying, and watching this film, thinking these women are, are like far more fearless than I am to show how vulnerable they are on film for millions or thousands. I don't know how many people see Cinefest, but... and. The woman, Sue Kenny, walked from North Bay to Sudbury, which is, a, is an hour and a half drive. 
and I couldn't believe it. And she stood there with this wild, crazy hair and boots and smiling, this just really feet planted, knowing, confident, comfortable in her own skin. And I, and, and everyone else is watching the film and I'm watching Sue Kenny standing there, seeing her own film for the first time. And I'm watching her face thinking, I am that. So how come I'm this right now? Like, how come I'm in this shell of a body when I know that I'm a pilgrim and I couldn't take my eyes off of her. And at the end of the film, she looked at me and she wished me a Buen Camino. As everyone's filing out and leaving and in a hurry, she reached out and handed me a stone and placed it in my palm. And I started to cry and I ran out of the building and I just thought, what did she mean? It was like she pre-selected me out of this whole group of people and knew that I was a pilgrim. And it gave me so much hope. And so in the years after that, I kept finding kind of Sue Kenny or stone signals or signs from, I guess you could say, the universe or whatever. You know, I'd borrow a car and her book would be on the seat or I would find that stone everywhere. During that, those period of years before I'd made my decision to walk, I would find that stone everywhere. And I swear to you that I'd thrown it away 10 times and that stone would always be in a drawer or a box or something. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll do the walk. <laughs> and <laughs> it sort of, it led, she led me to a better place. And, um, I don't, it's, it was a great experience. So I just made every effort to save my money, to get in shape, to get well, to walk here in Canada, in Northern Ontario, until I was strong enough to embark upon. So I was basically still in cancer treatment when I did this walk. So it was a physical challenge for me. The body part wasn't easy. And then, so when you would walk, how many hours or how far would you walk in a day? Well, I was a very slow pilgrim. I felt like everyone was passing me. So that was, um, so, you know, I, I felt like I was on the road eight or 10 hours a day. Like I, I would really, I would leave it seven or eight in the morning, uh, every morning. And then, you know, I, I wouldn't get into anywhere till six or seven at night. And so it would range depending on the terrain from, you know, I, the farthest I walked was 42 kilometers or 44 kilometers in a day. And then the worst day was 10. So averaging about 25 a day. So I was going very, very slowly to get from A to B every day. Um, but it's interesting because the trail, you know, as I was so slow in the beginning, I got faster as I went along and the pilgrims that were blowing past me early on they were slowing down so the Camino the, this, the Camino or the pilgrimage the, the words are interchangeable so if I flip um, the Camino will catch up to you no matter who you are it will find you and show you yourself so you know maybe they got off easier in the body part at the beginning because they weren't going through chemo or whatever uh, but then when they got to the mind section or the soul section they had to slow down to absorb their lessons, I guess you could say. There's a lot of, lot of energy on this trail. There's a quarter of a million people walk it every year, so there's a lot of energy on this trail. And um, it, it's a magical experience. And You'll get as much out of it. Yeah, go ahead. How long did it take for you to finish the entire walk? Well, I had a few obstacles along the way, so um, and that's the beauty of the book, really. But it took me three days to really get to the trailhead because of flights, buses, trains, and whatnot, and three days to get back. So I had five and a half weeks off. I think the, um, and then I, I had to take some breaks along the way too. So I was on the road for, you know, 
36 days, 37 days or something like that to do all of the pieces of the Camino that were important to me at the time. I did miss a few kilometers and they call to me (laughs) all the time. So I think that one day I may go back and see if there's anything (laughs) else I have to learn. (laughs) If if there's one thing that stands out, I'm sure there's many, but is there something that you could share with our audience that you learned from yourself through going through this journey that maybe one of our listeners would resonate with? Sure. I I think for me, one of the things that I had struggled with the most in my life that showed up time and again on the trail was boundary setting. Um, Also, so that was a difficult thing. And I kept meeting other pilgrims who would show me myself. So there's this phenomenon, I guess you could say, that if if there's somebody from your past or... um, that has given you a lot of grief, let's say, uh, then you will meet somebody exactly like that on the trail and you will have to deal with that person uh, in a way that maybe you couldn't do in real time, in your real life. So for me, I, of course, met somebody just like my ex-husband. Of course, I met, you know, my parents or that girl in grade four that pulled my hair. Whatever happened in your life, you will meet those pilgrims. They don't know that they're being your teachers, but I was also their teachers as well. And so it becomes this, it's like a a soul class, if you will. The other thing that I learned a lot was how to take, like TLC or tender love and care, Um, You know, as a caregiver, I forgot to replenish myself and to the point of self-sacrifice. And that is a longstanding or has been a longstanding problem for me. And I met many pilgrims who said, Heather, you need to do this for your own well-being. You need to stop and refuel or you need to, you know, look at how to better love yourself. And so those were like probably the two uh, predominant themes in in the uh, Camino for me. I feel like in life when we bump into strangers or even that people, strangers that then become friends, I feel like there's always a lesson or something that they're teaching us. Would you agree with that? And maybe is that, is it different when you're on this trail going through the hike? Maybe it's highlighted more? I feel like, um, you know, I've read thousands of books, I've done a couple of degrees, I've done a lot of studying, but there is nothing like this Camino, or, or I mean, there's thousands of trails like this, but um, I, I would say that it's an advanced spiritual 101, I guess you could, I've never learned more in the five and a half weeks I gave for myself, for my, uh, to, you know, reconcile all my pieces, I have never taken such an intense uh, course and learned so much in such a short period of time. Like, and I think that's why there's a longing to go back because it's, uh, I mean, you can read every book at chapters and not get, <laughs> get what you, what you can get by slogging it through. And because there's a disconnect between reading somebody else's story sometimes, or, I mean, I can hear about, Oh, this person went through this and that, but I'm that person that has to come around a corner, skidding on her chin, going through life the hard way for me to really learn a lesson. So doing a Camino was really like making it physically hard, mentally hard, spiritually hard. Like that, that worked for me. It was a real wake up call. And uh, I, I feel like I got a lot done in a short period of time. So it rebooted my entire life. And have you thought about doing a similar type of trek <laughs> or you wanted, you want to, if you had to go back, you do this one specific one again. <clears throat> 
Well, there, there is, uh, like I said, a portion of the trail that I was unable to complete. So I, I feel that calls to me. But there is a second book that I am writing called The Cabinet of Curiosities. And that's going to require a different kind of uh, journey, I think. It might actually be harder than the one that I've done. But it will also be very uh, fruitful. Um, and I think that it will take place in the Himalayas. So I'm not too sure uh, what that's going to look like. I might live in an ashram for a while or, or hike another mountain. I don't, I don't know exactly, but I know that that's coming soon. And first, those of people that may be listening and they're not so much adventurous type of people, or maybe they're thinking about taking some type of adventure, to, what would you tell them? I would say absolutely do it. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate to tell somebody to invest in themselves. Um, they don't necessarily have to do a formal Camino like I did. I mean, there's a lot of ways to be a pilgrim here in life um, and address the obstacles that are in their path um, from a, a more of a home base. And I think if you are interested in being a pilgrim, you just have to ask yourself one question, really, and it's, who am I? Who am I? Where am I going? And why? And if you feel like, if somebody is feeling like those are, the, those are questions that they're really wanting to dig deeper, and then they are already a pilgrim, and uh, not to look any further. I mean, pilgrim traits, there's a lot of them. I mean, uh, authenticity, be honest. People know when you aren't anyway, so you might as well just put your heart on the sleeve and you know, have some solid values, but be prepared to defend them. Come from a loving perspective, be patient, compassionate, have healthy boundaries. You know, there's that desire for simplicity um, and going slowly in life. Like, life is a trail. So, I mean, I physically had to do it that way, but you, it's all a, an act of letting go or an attempt to bring balance to your body, mind, and soul, um, and who am I really if I don't have my job, my car, my house, my spouse, my money, my beauty, my person, you know, blah, 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 blah. Who am I um, if when I'm walking this life, I only have the basic essentials like my soul and my rucksack? So what then? Who am I? Where am I going? And why? Kind of thing. So it, it's, it's a, a pilgrim is somebody who might be at a crossroads in their life. They want to build confidence to put a pause in between some issue or crisis in their life. They need a break because you know what? Life really still exists after a long walk, but there is a shift that happens. If you work on your soul, you expand. You're not going to be able to fit back into that circle you were, you know, before you're going to be this large expanded square, let's say, and it rubs other people are wrong because they see that you've changed and they're not used to that shift in dynamic, but be prepared to stand your ground and, um, be firm in, in your values. You spent your entire life developing them, so why not defend the most important things to you? Because if they're meant to stay in your life, they will. Heather, before we wrap things up here, tell us about your book, where it can be found, and maybe other things that you have going on here in the near future for our listeners that might be interested in more details about yourself. Well, I do have a website that people can find my book and find out a little bit more about myself. It's uh, www.authorheathergoche.com. They can also find me on Facebook. I have an author Heather Goche page there. Um, and uh, what was the what was the other question? A little bit about the anything book that you have, me? anything that you have coming up in the future. Oh. Maybe I know you said you're working on a new book. I am. Uh, the Cabinet of Curiosities is um, more of 
living and leading from the heart. Um, And I won't go into it too much because I'm still shaping up all the juicy bits of it, but it'll be a little, an extension of the pilgrim stone to some degree, because it will involve some kind of journey, uh, but also like the journey to self really, and and how to live from uh, an honest place uh, from a loving perspective. I'm just going to leave it there for now. But uh, yeah, follow me on Facebook and and through my website to see what events are coming up. And that would be great. If you like the book, put a review on Amazon or Goodreads for me. That always helps. And feel free to contact me at authorheadagoche uh, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear how uh, readers are uh, absorbing the book or what it meant to them. Awesome, Heather. Thank you so much for taking time today, taking time out of your day to share with us about your journey and your book and everything that you went through because I think that many of us go through this type of things on certain levels and to be able to get through it and uh, share your story on the other side is, is pretty cool. So thank you so much for that. Oh, Drew, thanks for the experience. This is really lovely talking to you today. Thank you so much. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Once again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and sticking around till the end. I hope you got something out of that show. I think we've all been through dark times in our lives, just regardless of who we are. just depends on how low we were, how dark it was in our life. But we can find our way out, and I think that story resonates with all all of us in some way. More details are going up on exploringmindandbody.com. So if you ever miss a show, you can always go back and check out past shows there. We also have a free app that you can download on any Apple device. So if you download the show, you can take it with you wherever you go. More details are at trueformlife.com. This is where we put together meal plans, recipes, grocery shopping lists, and more. If you'd like to try our free 10-day fitness challenge, 20 minutes or less is all it takes to get through a workout. Brand new workout sent to your inbox each day for 10 days. Get in, get out, get on with your day. That's at trueformlife.com. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.